It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Welcome on into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on this podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, we are America's number one daily podcast network, and that's what we do each and every day, talking the latest and greatest in all the news around the BYU Athletic Department. Thanks again for joining me, a Friday edition of the show today, talking a little bit about BYU's pretty comfortable win over Portland last night, what we can take away from their first home game in just about a month, also look ahead to their game against Santa Clara that'll be coming up here in this first segment second segment of the show I wanted to take him in and talk about the Learfield Directors Cup standings BYU ranked number five after the fall sports have all concluded uh, the highest ranking BYU's achieved in quite some time if not ever we'll talk about that in the second segment what that means for the athletic department as a whole and does it reflect uh, poorly upon maybe what BYU football and basketball are doing scuffling along the two big revenue sports we'll talk about that in a little bit and we'll also catch up on everything else we haven't had a chance to touch on including the schedule for this weekend a packed schedule full of BYU events that we'll catch up on with quick hits in the final segment of today's podcast there you go the layout of today's show thanks again for joining me and without further ado let's get going this is Locked on Cougars for January 11th 2019 First thing, it's good to be home. I think the guys, uh, you know, came out with a great focus and energy. Thought we played the first 10 minutes, maybe as well as we played, you know, all year long. As far as our execution, our patience, our effort defensively, we didn't get the ball bounced away from us a little bit on the first couple shots, and they got some offensive rebounds. But other than that, in the first 10 minutes, I thought, I thought we were really good. All right, as you just heard there, Dave Rose saying the first 10 minutes of BYU's game last night against Portland, he believed was the best 10 minutes BYU's played all year. They looked very good. They rolled out to an 18-4 lead. Uh, then the second half of the first half, so the second 10 minutes of the first half, BYU kind of went on cruise control and allowed Portland to climb back into it. They were clinging to a three-point lead before Ryland Bergerson hit a three-pointer at the buzzer to give BYU the six-point advantage. The good news coming out of this game, I think, overall, is that BYU in the second half pulled away from a team that they should dominate and that's exactly what they did they beat Portland 79 to 56 
It was a good win. BYU back home in the friendly confines of the Marriott Center. And this was a game that if BYU had lost this game, you could really look at it and say, hey, the wheels have come off this program. But they didn't. They took care of business, blew out the pilots, and now they get ready for Santa Clara. Uh, Yoli Childs did exactly what he should do against a team like this. Absolutely dominant. Led all scores with 28 points. Added another double-double with 12 rebounds. He was 9 of 13 shooting on the night, 69%, including 8 of 9 from the foul line as well as 2 of 4 from three-point range. So just a great night, a great offensive showing for Yoli Childs. The interesting part looking at the score sheet is that TJ Hawes didn't have a big night in the game, and that was that that was semi-surprising. He finished with six points on the night on five attempts shooting. He did have a game-high seven assists, though, so he was contributing in the box score, but wasn't uh, the dominant scoring performance you normally see in a BYU win this year. It's usually Yoli Childs and TJ Hawes having big nights, 20-plus points, but they didn't need it. Uh, Portland is a bottom feeder in the West Coast Conference. You wanted to see BYU go out and dominate this team. That's exactly what they did. McKay Cannon actually ended up as the only other BYU player in double figures on the night. He finished the night with 11 points after getting the start once again. Uh, The interesting note coming out of this was Jasheer Hardnett. Of course, the rumors earlier in the week of him being set to transfer. Then Dave Rose refuting that, saying he'd be available to play in Thursday night's game. Then uh, he, during warm-ups, he was spotted not warming up. He had a wrap on his left hand, if I'm not mistaken, his left hand. And he did not play in the game. Dave Rose saying afterwards that he suffered an injury uh, in the St. Mary's game to that hand. It kept bothering him. He was favoring it, and they decided just to put him on a shelf. Uh, they said they were on, he's on like on a watch list now, where he has to keep an eye on it, I suppose. And he didn't play in the game. And uh, I think all things considered, I think we should uh, give some credit to Dave Rose for n- navigating the situation with Jasheer Hardnet pretty adeptly. Uh, he could have said, "Okay, yeah, screw it, you can." Go go, you're out of here, goodbye, but he decided, hey, he's our third leading scorer, this young man has an opportunity to finish his college degree, if he wants to transfer at the end of the year, so be it, but let's see it through to the end, and that's that's what they did, they came to an agreement, and Jasheer Hardnett is back on the team, I don't know what kind of role he's going to have going forward, we don't know how long he's going to be out, uh, how limiting this uh, hand injury will be, uh, Rose saying that last year Hardnett actually played with a broken finger for at least a portion of the season and uh, so I think overall Hardnet being back on the team is a good sign for the Cougars I think it's a feather in the cap of Dave Rose and his ability to kind of manage his roster keep guys healthy uh, BYU still going to have to uh, negotiate some of these bigger games coming up Santa Clara coming in tomorrow uh, a decent program. Uh, they've stated ambitions to become one of the big dogs in the West Coast Conference. They're one of the programs or one of the universities in the conference who has pledged uh, large amounts of money to build basketball-specific facilities. They'd like to kind of copy the the framework of what Gonzaga is doing. They actually even took out some ads in the Spokesman Review up there in Gonzaga saying uh, game on and whatnot. Kind of antagonistic stuff towards Gonzaga. And let's put it this way, the Bulldogs had no mercy on them in their game earlier this year just absolutely creamed them 
So Santa Clara, I, I respect the ambition, but they're coming to Provo tomorrow, and this is a game that BYU, once again, I think you should expect them to win, plain and simple. Uh, BYU had a decent night shooting Thursday night, finishing 49% overall from the field. They hit 34.5% from three, also 80% from the from the free throw line. So one of their better shooting nights on the night, but that is also a credit or a, I guess a mark against the type of opponent that Portland is. But I think just plain and simple, BYU needed a win. They'd gone one and four in a five-game stretch over the last month on the road. They needed a win in a bad way. This gets them to 10 wins on the season. There are two and one in West Coast Conference play. Santa Clara comes in tomorrow night. A tip-off set for seven o'clock Mountain Time on BYU TV. If you want to catch it there, you also can listen to the radio call with Greg Rubel on the BYU Sports Network. He does a great job. You can check out either of those to catch the game, or you can go see it in person. Go to BYUtickets.com. Get your tickets to the game. Take your family out. Saturday night, uh, weather supposed to be decent. It's pretty foggy today. We'll see what it holds tomorrow if that inversion really sets in, but an opportunity to take the kids out maybe, watch some BYU basketball, enjoy your Saturday evening. You maybe even do, uh, have a date night with your significant other, but BYU, I think... Uh, that game against Portland I hopefully this team doesn't think that uh, Portland is the answer to all of what ails them uh, they need to understand that Portland is maybe the worst one of the worst teams not the worst team there's some bad ones BYU's played this year but one of the worst teams they have faced this season so far so hopefully they don't get a big head thinking okay we got it all figured out now we're now we're okay this is a basketball season that has been spiraling for a little bit uh I think with this win, it almost kind of levels them out for a minute, but they can't allow Santa Clara to come in tomorrow and put them right back into that uh, tailspin. And we'll see. this BYU basketball program keeps going up and down. There's so many twists and turns this year. Uh, there was this situation with Dalton Nixon where he wasn't sure if he's able to play against St. Mary's after dealing with some personal issues. The just your hard net situation. Uh, BYU, I think, one in six now in true road games on the season. This has not been a banner year for Dave Rose's program, but it's an opportunity now. They've got a little run of uh, more home games than away games here in this next month or so. I believe five of the next seven at home. This is an opportunity to make up some ground for Dave Rose's squad, gain some confidence before they have the heavy hitters like Gonzaga, Gonzaga coming up on the schedule. San Francisco, Loyola, Marymount, both solid programs. Of course, BYU blown out at St. Mary's. will be looking to exact some revenge when St. Mary's Mary's makes their trip to Provo later this season, but this is now an opportunity for BYU to gain some confidence, but I just hope that this team does not look at the Portland win and say, hey, see, we got it figured out. We're good. Let's just, let's move on. They got to play with the same grit and tenacity that they showed against Portland. They were desperate for a win. That has to be their mindset the rest of the season. They have to grind out as many possible wins as they possibly can, develop as a team, and hope like heck when it comes to conference uh, tournament time that they can get hot, start hitting from three at a high clip, and win three games. That's the only way they're getting into the NCAA tournament or the NIT this year. I don't see any other route, and 
that's a foolhardy, like fool's gold type of a plan, but it's the best BYU's got at this point, and we'll see what happens this year. So tomorrow night, Santa Clara in town, a program with big aspirations. Uh, like I said, they're, put, they're starting to put money where their mouth is, kind of responding to the comments that Mark Few made a few years ago uh, where he kind of called out the conference and said, hey, here's the thing. We're, this conference is not getting it done, and they gotta, they've got to figure it out, and I think Santa Clara took that to heart. Like I said, they were crushed at Gonzaga, uh, 91 to 48, but they also have two wins in conference already. They beat San Diego, 68 to 56. Also beat Pepperdine last night, 64 to 67. So this is a program that comes in on the heels of I've, looks like a seven out of the last eight wins. I extend that out even further, eight of the last ten. So Santa Clara is a program that's won big in recent weeks, and they've got a uh, BYU's got a test on their hands, plain and simple. Uh, these programs in the in the West Coast Conference aren't coming to Provo thinking BYU's the big bad bully because they shouldn't. BYU's got ten wins on the year. Santa Clara's got ten wins on the year. Both of them two and one in conference. Uh, whoever wins tomorrow will be sitting alone in. Uh, second or third place in the West Coast Conference. So this is an opportunity for BYU to kind of establish themselves early on, make a statement, and they need to pick up a win. Another win would be good for the soul, would help this program understand, okay, yeah, we can still win games, but they've got to make sure that they – they take care of business. They can't, like I said, believe that what they did against Portland is the answer. That's a 7-10 and ball club. They have the worst record in the conference right now overall. They're 0-2 in conference now. So BYU, do not get a big head and don't let this uh, affect how you prepare for a game. All right, there you go. Some of my thoughts on the win over Portland last night. Also looking ahead uh, to taking on Santa Clara tomorrow. Uh, former Wasatch Academy prospect, Yosef. Frankich actually uh, is going to be part of the Santa Clara team, Wasatch Academy, of course, down there in central Utah. So there's plenty of good players to keep an eye on, and Josip Frankich got a connection here to the Wasatch front in tomorrow night's game. All right, we will take a timeout here. We'll come back on the other side, talk a little bit about the Learfield Directors' Cup standings, BYU tying their best fall finish ever. Is this coming at the expense of the two revenue sports? We'll discuss that next right here on Locked on Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. celebrate you got one of those smart speakers a google home and alexa whatever you got it actually do the work for you if you want to listen to this podcast daily all you have to do is hey play podcast locked on cougars you have the latest and greatest in all things byu news with myself jay catch right here on locked on cougars all right byu athletics finished the 2018 fall season ranked number five in the nation in the learfield directors cup division one final fall standings 
Uh, the fifth place finish ties the highest fall ranking in school history. They also finished the fall season ranked number five in 1998, 2001, 2003, and most recently in 2016. Now, you probably have seen these uh, Director's Cup standings, wondered, okay, what this is. So what it is is essentially, well, not essentially, it's what it is. The Director's Cup annually ranks college athletic programs around the country by awarding points based on each institution's finish in NCAA championships. Normally, you would think, okay, well, does that disqualify football? It does not. They actually qualify football as part of the fall scoring uh, BYU finished number five uh, in the fall with 315.00 points. Stanford, who is, I think, the reigning Director's Cup champion for the last, I don't know how many years running, leads it with 541 points. Michigan second, Penn State third, and Wisconsin fourth. Um, BYU is rewarded by its great fall finishes in multiple sports. Of course, the men's cross-country team, number two in the country, got 90 points. Women's volleyball Volleyball 83 points, women's cross country 72 points, football 45 points, and then women's soccer with 25 points to round things out. Um, since the inception of the Directors Cup in 1993, BYU is an average fall ranking of number 16, so they're a full 10 uh, spots higher than they normally are. But like I said, they've they've been this high four other times. Now it'll be interesting to see how BYU rounds out this spring. Of course, men's volleyball should help out, track and field should help out, especially the men's side being ranked number 10 in the UTCSFFA, blah, 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 blah. I don't know how many other letters go in there. The national rankings for track and field men's uh, track and field for BYU ranked number 10 in the country, uh, led by their distance runners. So there should be some opportunities here for BYU to have some staying power in the spring sports, but it'll hurt them when it comes to BYU basketball if they're unable to make the postseason, which doesn't look like they're going to. The women's basketball team, if they're able to make a run here in the West Coast Conference, uh, collect an NCAA tournament berth, that would definitely help. So I I don't expect BYU to stay at number five. It'd be great if they stayed in the top 10 this year, Uh, but I don't expect them to stay too high in these rankings. Well, not too high. I'm just saying I don't expect them to stay in the top five if the top 10 by the end of it. Uh, BYU is an average final ranking normally of 31 in the country. They have posted 12 top 30 finishes. The highest finish ever was in 1998 through 1999 when they finished 12th. So, in my opinion, actually, BYU, if they have some good finishes this spring, let's say the women's uh, track team comes through, men's swimming and diving, women's swimming and diving, all those sports, the tennis teams, if they have good finishes, have an opportunity to go to the NCAA tournaments, that could help BYU stay in the top 10. Uh, and I think if they have a good spring, BYU could stay in contention for a top 15 ranking this year, which would qualify as one of their best finishes ever. Like I said, the best ever is number is number 12 in 98 and 99. So it, it's a cool award for BYU sports as a whole, but I know I've seen a lot of BYU fans uh, griping that, okay, great, our Olympic sports are great, but our two revenue sports, men's basketball and football, have never been in a worse place. Okay, I get that, but sports are cyclical. Uh, Stanford, who prides itself on a well-rounded athletic department, uh, football was awful for years. 
and they finally found the right coaching staff. They got things instituted. They figured out the recruiting strategy for football, and now it's been a top 25 contending football program. Granted, Stanford also competes at the P5 level. BYU operates on a shoestring budget relative to some of the athletic departments they're competing with. I just mentioned the top five in these rankings, Stanford, Michigan, Penn State, and Wisconsin. I would guess that their annual avenue revenue stream for those four programs outguns BYU by a, a large amount. So relative to their size and their in terms of what money they have, BYU competes very well at a national stage, but I also don't believe this is coming at the expense of the two big revenue sports, speaking of football and men's basketball. I, I believe that Kalani Satake has got things rolling in the right direction. I believe he should have an extension on his desk, but it doesn't sound like there's uh, much in the way of that happening in the near future. People I've talked to said that um, the contract negotiation Negotiations or they're ongoing. I guess that's the easiest way to say is they're ongoing, but there's nothing imminent in terms of that. Basketball, I know they're having a down season. BYU's been hurt by attrition this year, uh, lack of defense, inability to shoot at a high percentage. So I don't know um, what Dave Rose's plan is to correct things, but he's got a decent recruiting class coming in, and you can only hope that the two revenue sports start pulling their own weight, speaking of men's basketball and football, because they factor into these rankings, but I don't believe that they're um, falling off comparative to what they've done in their history. We're speaking of BYU uh, winning a national title in football in 1984, being a perennial top 25 team for a couple of decades, decades, if not three decades. The basketball teams had a proud history making the NCAA tournament, made a couple of runs to the Sweet 16, even to the Elite Eight. Relative to their lofty um, their lofty goals and aspirations for these programs, I don't think the athletic department's success as a whole, as determined by these Learfield Director's Cup standings, I don't think BYU is letting the football program and the basketball program wilt while they're at, well, not letting, letting, if I can explain this a little clearer, they're not letting those two programs uh, die on the side of the road when they're focusing on these other sports. They want a well-rounded athletic department, and they've got that. They would love to have the two revenue sports performing better. I can tell you that much. I know people down there are very big on BYU being a better performing team just overall across all their sports, especially in the revenue sports. So I don't think that BYU is letting football's success go by the wayside at the expense of getting, let's say, women's tennis up and running or men's golf or whatever sport you you pick to, to kind of pick a bone with this. This is just a reflection of BYU's athletic department performing as a whole, and I know that BYU would love to have football and men's basketball helping lead the way in that regard. So there you go. Some of my thoughts on the athletic uh, director's cup, the, sorry, the Learfield director's cup standings and BYU standings in those rankings. Number five, after the fall season, we'll see where they end up at the end of the year. All right, we will step aside here. We'll come back, catch up on everything you may have missed in BYU sports last night, a couple other teams in the BYU athletic department in action, as well as the men's basketball team, and also a big weekend ahead full of sports if you're a BYU fan that will break down where you can catch the Cougars in action. That's coming up next right here on Locked on Cougars. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. 
Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate. Save money and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Thanks again for joining me on this Friday edition of Locked on Cougars. As we close out this week in BYU sports, wanted to break down some of the performances last night. BYU men's volleyball, we previewed their season yesterday. Well, they went out and swept number 7 Ohio State in their home opener, three sets to none, 25-20, 25-23, 27-25. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, who you heard from on the podcast yesterday, led the way. He's going to be a star for the Cougars this year. He was incredible, 15 kills, 6 digs, two aces and two blocks. And then freshman sensation Davide Gardini finished with 13 kills, four digs, one ace and one block in his own right. So BYU off to a solid start. They will be back in action tomorrow night when they face number 14 Ball State at the Marriott Center. Scheduled for 7 o'clock Mountain Time will be broadcast streaming on the W.TV. You can catch that match if you want to go out to the out to the Smithfield House. That place is rocking with fans. The women's basketball team stayed unblemished 5-0 in West Coast Conference play with a 77-74 win over Pacific. It was a tight game for the Cougars, but they remain unblemished in West Coast Conference play, now 13-3 overall on the year. Uh, Shaley Gonzalez and Paisley Johnson shared the scoring lead for BYU with 24 points apiece. So big games for both of them. And BYU women's basketball, they've been very impressive early on this season. I'm excited to see what they can do uh, the rest of the way, but hopefully they can stay undefeated and continue uh, rolling on because it's cool to see them having success on the hardwood when the expectation for them entering the season wasn't that high in all reality. All right, so there you go. Uh, BYU Women's Basketball will be back in action tomorrow. They're at St. Mary's in Moraga, California, McKeon Pavilion. Game time set for 3 o'clock Mountain Time. You can catch the action on the W.TV if you want to watch that game. All right, and as we close things out, it's a big weekend. BYU's winter and spring sports, most of them getting uh, started with their seasons in mass this weekend. We'll start off with men's tennis. Uh, they're actually in action tonight at 5.30 Mountain Time when they host Weber. State at the indoor tennis courts uh, with men's tennis actually give out free pizza if you go out to those uh, matches so 5 o'clock 5 30 mountain time you can go to the indoor tennis courts eat some pizza and watch tennis go down uh, BYU women's gymnastics kicks off their season they're ranked number 24 in the preseason polls they host number three Utah at the Marriott Center tonight it'll be on BYU TV this is actually the 100th time BYU and Utah have squared off in gymnastics uh, the all-time record between these two rivals, 97-2 to in favor of the Utes. Of course, the Utes are a national title contender. Guard Young is doing his best to build a program that BYU fans can be uh, proud of. I wouldn't expect that BYU wins tonight, but we'll see. Uh, BYU last won the, uh, head-to-head uh, gymnastics meet against the Utes in 1998, so 21 years of history that BYU could snap with the win, but I don't expect it. But you can go out and watch that at the Marriott Center at 7 o'clock Mountain Time 
or watch it on BYU TV. Uh, the men's and women's swimming and diving teams, they're going to be in action in a dual meet against Grand Canyon. Those will start at 11 a.m. Mountain Time tomorrow morning at the Richards Building Pool. Uh, the Richards Building completely redid their pool complex. It's very nice. You can go out and enjoy that. They actually have seating now for fans to sit in larger numbers and watch that. Uh, men's tennis back in action tomorrow. They host number 46, Utah. Once again, at 530 Mountain Time at the indoor tennis courts. More free pizza. So you get pizza two nights in a row. Get some food. Uh, before you go to the BYU basketball game at 7 o'clock, they'll be taking on Santa Clara. Like we mentioned, that game will be televised on BYU TV. Also on BYU Radio, the BYU Sports Network. We mentioned uh, BYU men's volleyball against number 14, Ball State. That'll be going at 7 o'clock as well at the Smith Fieldhouse. And it should be a fun night of sports for BYU. If you want to go out and enjoy a weekend full of BYU sports, you have multiple opportunities to do that. Uh, a lot of games on the W.TV or BYU TV, and I would encourage you guys to check those out. Alright, there you go. We'll be back next week breaking down how the weekend went for BYU. Of course, talking the latest and greatest in BYU basketball, BYU football. It's going to be a fun time. The offseason is upon us. The recruiting period for BYU football is back open. Coaches are back out on the road this weekend so I'm expecting some offers to be tweeted out etc and we'll have that all covered for you on the podcast like we do each and every day thanks again for your continued support of the podcast please share with your family and friends also subscribe rate and review on whatever podcatcher you use it's worth its weight in gold figuratively in the podcast world it is worth a lot and it means a lot to me personally and thanks again for joining me right here on Locked on Cougars hope you guys all have a great weekend this has been Locked on Cougars for January 11th, 2019. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.